Hello, welcome back to What's True for Everybody. This is Everyday Experiences number four, and it's called Slow Race. Slow Race. My neighborhood is fantastic. We have some wonderful neighbors, and one of the great thing things about our neighbors is a lot of our neighbors have bikes, and not just any bikes, but New Belgium bikes. Uh, New Belgium is a brewery here in, in Fort Collins, and, and biking is a big thing, and after a year of working at New Belgium, they'll give you a New Belgium bike, uh, manufactured actually in Detroit area. And so New Belgium bikes, big thing around here. You probably see them for sale uh, every once in a while around wherever you are if you're looking for it. But uh, every once in a while, our neighbors will gather and just take a bike ride around our neighborhood. Uh, And there's actually like a a set out (laughs) course that we have now. It's about two miles just around the neighborhood. And and sometimes maybe five of us will go. Sometimes maybe 20 of us will go and kids get involved. Uh, They don't have new Belgian bikes. They have their kid bikes. Uh, But it's a kind of a tradition here that I've actually fallen in love with. And so over the summer, I got a new Belgian bike because part of the reason is I (laughs) I wanted to be a part of the bike gang. I'm a part of a bike gang, by the way, in our neighborhood. So... Here's why I tell you this. We take our bike ride throughout the neighborhood, and the last part of the ride, the last block of the ride, is up a street that some of us live on or ride off of, and it's slightly uphill. And so you take this two-mile bike ride, and you get to the last block, and everybody stops. And then you have what's called the slow race, (laughs) which means that someone says, ready, set, go, And the goal is to ride as slow as you can to a certain point, to to a certain driveway. And the rules are uh, your feet can't touch the ground. So you're riding as slow as you can. And if your feet touch the ground, you're out. And the last person to make it to this particular driveway without their feet touching the ground wins the slow race. This is one of my favorite parts of the community neighborhood bike ride. And my son has done the slow race (laughs) with us and it's, it's hilarious to watch. It's hilarious to do. There's actually like an art to it. You got to figure it out, but we end our neighborhood two mile bike ride with the slow race. How many of us need to start a slow race? You get into the scriptures, the old Testament and the new Testament and if, if, if your eyes are open to it, you're looking, what will jump out at you is sometimes the scriptures are calling for a slow race. A couple examples here. The Old Testament, Exodus chapter 20, we have what we know as the Ten Commandments, what the Bible calls the Ten Words. The first four of the Ten Words have to do with our relationship with God. The last six have to do with our relationship with one another. So the first four... Uh, you shall have no other, God, no other gods before me. That's number one. Number two, you shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on earth beneath. Number three, third word, third commandment, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, which actually goes a lot deeper than what a lot of times we're taught. Um, and then number four, by the way, we should do an, an experience on each of these 10 words because there's so much going on here. Uh, number four, so the last 
commandment, the last word that has to do with our relationship with God. I mean, then the last six are with our relationship with each other, which is also our relationship with God. So you can't totally separate those, but you know what I mean? Number four, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. I'm going to read this whole thing to you. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animal. So your animals shouldn't even work on the Sabbath, according to this, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. What's interesting here, one of the things is the fourth commandment, the fourth word to obey the Sabbath is the longest. When you, when you like count words, <laughs> it is by far the longest commandment, the longest word that God gives to his people. It actually, this one commandment makes up about 30%, just over 30%, I think, of all 10 commandments, all 10 words. It's like almost a third of the entire thing. Do you think God wants us to rest every once in a while? the slow race, almost a third of the entire thing. And this is really, I mean, this is about rhythms. You then get to the New Testament. One of my favorite passages is is Mark chapter one. And so Jesus is just beginning his public ministry here in the gospel of Mark. And at one point he heals many. So he heals one person, heals uh, Simon's mother-in-law, and then all of a sudden the entire town comes to him. Mark writes this, that evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. So Jesus heals one person in this area, then all of a sudden the floodgates open, the entire town comes to him, and he starts healing all sorts of people. The next verse, this is Mark chapter 135, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. So Jesus is just around a lot of people, he's doing his Jesus thing, and then the next verse, the next morning, he's out. He retreats. He slows down. He he retracts from the crowds. Simon and his companions, the disciples, in other words, went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, "Uh, let us go somewhere else (laughs) to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. Jesus doesn't give in to the public demands. Hey, Jesus, all these people are looking for you. You're doing great stuff. You're doing great stuff. Yeah, let's go somewhere else. Let's go there's rhythms. He's around. Do you notice that when Jesus is around a lot of people, he will oftentimes retreat, retract, slow down. There's rhythms to this. And this isn't just about keeping a Sabbath, although that's part of it. And we'll get to some of that too. But part of the life with God is rest. It's idleness. It's, it's play. It's slowness. It's the slow race. So what about your slow race? I just got done reading a book by Eugene Peterson, this longtime pastor who who passed away um, a year or two ago. The book called The Pastor, it's his memoir, and it's it's a fantastic book. I actually, in a future uh, experience, I'll I'll share another story from this book because it's one of the best stories I've ever read. But 
in this book, he talks about how this professor who, who he, he had heard of, he'd read, he liked, he was hosting this retreat. And so Eugene Peterson and his wife, Jan, decided to sign up for this like three-day retreat. What they didn't know, because they didn't read the details of this retreat, was that it was a silent retreat. So they were looking forward to hear this professor speak all the time and teach, but it ends up being a silent retreat where nobody talks, except for you could sign up for like a 30-minute conversation with this professor. And so Eugene and his wife, Jan, did. And so they get to this 30-minute meeting where they can finally talk, and they're talking to this professor who they like and respect. And this professor starts talking about the slow race. He starts talking about, and and I kind of reworded these things, but three things. Be okay with boredom. Are you okay with boredom? Talk to them about uh, commit to non-performance. Are you okay with non-performance sometimes, or do you always feel like you have to be on? And he talked to them about learning to not be in a hurry. Have you noticed that Jesus never seems to be in a hurry? There's a quote, I think I quoted recently, something like, no need to be in a hurry when you know who you are. Be okay with boredom. Commit to non-performance. Learn to not be in a hurry. And he had this quote. This professor said this line, and I love it. He said, a lot is going on when you don't think anything is going on. (laughs) And he meant in your heart, in your soul, in your mind, a lot is going on when you don't think anything is going on. So the question is, how can you practice the slow race? It's like you just ridden these two miles and then, and then it's time to slow down a little bit. Uh, daily. Is there a way you can practice a slow race daily? Allow yourself to just be every once in a while. Are you going, going, going all day long? Is there time you can take for prayer or meditation or reading or just relaxing or playing or, or cooking a meal that takes a while because you don't feel like you have to cook it and eat it in five minutes, something that's not in the microwave? Sleep. Do you need to get more sleep? How is it that daily you can practice the slow race? Or weekly? Do you get a day off? And if you have a day off of work, do you just cram it with other stuff that you just feel like you have to get done? Now, some things like you just have to get done. There's, there's laundry, there's grocery shopping, there's, there's all this kind of stuff that, that we have to do. Uh, and, and a day off is, is maybe like as much as you can to not produce. I'm just going to be today. Maybe that's where you start. Maybe it's a, it's a half a day. I remember out of college, my first job, I couldn't take a consistent day off because my schedule changed. I worked like every other weekend and I couldn't go to church every other weekend. And I remember talking to my grandma, Grammy, actually, who we talked about last series and just saying, you know, I, I can't, I feel bad. I can't do this. And for me, it was like a legalistic thing at that time. I, I need to take a day off. I need to go to church. And Grammy's wise, calming words were simply this. I think God understands. (laughs) And she was right. There's seasons. Sometimes we just can't do what in an ideal world we would like to do. But as much as you can, can you just take a day off? Or two days, even better. Uh, Or take it a step further, an actual like Sabbath. The difference between a day off and a Sabbath is day off, you don't don't work um, at your job, but you get all all this other stuff done and, and you're not really mindful of of how like there's a creator of the universe and you aren't it. <laughs> you can stop working and everything's going to be okay. Uh, the work 
is done today, even if the work isn't done. Uh, and by the way, this professor also talked to Eugene Peterson and his wife, Jan, about the Sabbath. And he, and he called, he said, a day off is a bastard Sabbath. There's a difference between a day off and a Sabbath. And then Eugene Peterson went on to talk about how his, he and his wife, they viewed the Sabbath in these three words, play and pray, play and pray. Those three words, play. We do whatever we want today because it's our day to play. Whatever it is we feel like doing, not because we have to, not because it has to get done, just because we want to, and then pray. And he, and he didn't mean, hey, all day we got to be kneeling or with a Bible open or eyes closed, whatever. No, no, no. He simply meant be open to what God is doing around us, to be in the midst of God and to actually realize that, oh, God created this place and it's going to be okay if I don't perform today. Weekly, can you take at least take a day off or part of a day or better yet, a Sabbath or, or a half a day where you can just, I don't produce anything today. I'm okay with boredom. I'm not in a hurry. Uh, or monthly, maybe every month. Is there something you can do? You take a half a day and, and you, you just do something you don't normally, you get away, you, you, a half a day retreat or a day retreat or, or you, you do something fun with the family. Hey, once a month, we are going to do something like this as a family just to rest together, to play together, or yearly vacation. Do you take all your vacation days? If not, give them to someone who's smart <laughs> and who will take them. Staycations. Can you take a few days and you just stay home? Uh, I, I heard a pastor say once how like a certain amount of times a year, I think it actually worked out to once a month, he would take a day off and he was just available to his family, like his wife, whatever she needed, his, his daughter, whatever, wherever his kids wanted to, him to drive them or to play with them, he would do. Uh, a lot is going on when you don't think anything is going on. We need to practice the slow race. Be okay with boredom. Commit to non-performance. Learn how to not be in a hurry because a lot is going on when we don't think anything is going on. This has been the Slow Race, Grace and Peace.